<laughs> I really enjoyed all those mornings. That was really nice. Um, it's, it's lovely to gather together, isn't it? I, I actually feel uh, really quite guilty that I haven't been able to drop into many of these as a kind of observer. And I feel like I've been missing out and clearly I have. Um, but uh, it's been difficult because school has been busy and et cetera, et cetera. But making excuses, I, I should have joined more of these and I'm sorry about that. Um, let's just begin, begin with um, a short prayer and, uh, and then I'll share a thought. Father God, again, we just thank you that we can gather together this morning. Um, we thank you for this community. We thank you um, for this family. Uh, we thank you that we can set aside a few minutes of our morning um, just to reflect a little bit together on who you are and who we should be. And we just thank you for your guiding light of your scriptures and your spirit, your example, Jesus, which we so need in this really challenging time. Amen. Um, right, okay. So um, yesterday, for those of you that were here, um, we, we were talking about a basic um, kind of premise, which isn't that mind-blowing really, it's quite straightforward, which is that if we take it that um, the example of Jesus is not just a theological reality, um, that the life of Jesus wasn't just about um, death and resurrection and atonement and all of those wonderful things, but actually also, if Jesus is the second Adam, that one of the reasons why um, he came to earth is in order to model humanity um, in a way that was designed to remind people what God's original design was for human beings and how we might live. Um, and, and so um, in that sense, the gospels are incredibly practical and, and our job in interpreting the gospels are asking the question, okay, how does this, what, what would Jesus be like if he was me in my job my social circle my society today um and and how do we how do we work that out and how do we work that through and what i tried to suggest yesterday is whilst there are obviously lots of differences between um jesus's society and ours there are some fundamental human truths about the way that society was and now is which are common um and, and one of the key ideas um yesterday was about the pursuit of wealth uh, what we might call capitalism which was clearly a big deal in Jesus' time as much as it is today. Um, and so the principles of the way that Jesus kind of fought back against that um, ring true for us too. So this morning's reflection is, is about busyness, is about busyness um, and the importance of um, how we cope with busyness. Um, and I guess another feature of the modern world is it's incredibly busy. It's incredibly busy. Um, I certainly feel that and over the last kind of few months trying to help run a school um, in the face of lockdown um, I've probably been busier than had school been in session because people can call me anytime on Microsoft Teams and I've had about a million video calls and texts and suddenly there's a whole new line of communication that's possible and and I, I have lived in a, a permanently harassed and distracted state uh, for a few months. Um, now, again, we could be tempted to say, oh, well, that's because of mobile phones, but there's a really great, um, lots of great examples of how harassed Jesus was when he walked the earth. And the answer is incredibly harassed. So I'm, I'm in um, the gospel of Mark 
Um, and you'll know the story really well, but I, I want to highlight a different aspect of it. So this is Jesus feeding the 5,000, which is Mark chapter six. Um, it's quite a long passage, so I won't read all of it in the interest of time, but you, you might want to look back at it this later. Um, but uh, so, so Mark six, beginning on verse 30. So I'm just going to kind of just go through it a little bit and skip the bits that we know really well. So this is how it begins. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught, right? They've been really busy. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. I've been there, <laughs> definitely been there. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Okay, obvious advice. This, we're super busy. Everyone's like literally banging the door down. We've been like doing miracles and healing people. And of course, the more good that we do in the world, the more people want access to us, the more people want our attention. So Jesus says, come on, let's escape for a bit. We need to retreat because that's, you know, rather than we need to double down and work harder, it's we need to retreat. And then this is what happened. So this is the prelude to the feeding of the 5,000, which is the bit that we tend to skip in the story. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, right? So they got in a boat and they're like, right, let's do this. If we go across water, there's no way all those crowds can follow us. You know, that is the route to solitude. Let's get away. Let's get away. So it's, it's a great plan. But, <laughs> but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Imagine that. So they're trying to escape the busyness. They think this is a brilliant plan. Let's get in a boat. We'll, we'll easily get away and no one will notice. And they get to the side of the shore and there's a crowd waiting for them. The, the exact thing they're trying to escape. And this for me is like a little parable of the modern world where I might leave work and then get home and there's just a bunch of stuff waiting for me. And I actually live at work. So it's really hard this for me because I, I live where I work. And so I'm constantly available and on call to, to all the people that I work with and, and the students as well. Um, but what happened? He's gracious. He teaches them. They all get hungry. You know the story. He feeds them. Uh, and, it's, and it's miraculous. And I don't want to skip over the miracle, but the point today isn't the miracle. It's the framework of the miracle. So that happens, right? And then what happens next? He must have been absolutely exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. He's been busy all day. They get in a boat. They try and escape. They're harassed again. He teaches them again. And then he does this incredible miracle where he feeds them all, putting their needs before his. And he must be absolutely exhausted. And then verse 45, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him. I love that. Right. You guys, you go. I need some alone time. I, I don't even want to hang out with you right now. I need to be by myself. I am absolutely exhausted. I need some alone time. And then he dismissed the crowd. And after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Now, this is an obvious point. And again, it's one of those moments where you say, yeah, John, have you only just really worked this out? But if you're anything like me, the busier the world gets, the more you feel you have to spin your legs faster, uh, that the hamster wheel requires you to, to speed up your efforts in order to keep pace with life. Um, and, and one of the challenges of, of modern living is that it, we live in this incredibly pacey, interconnected, relentless 24-7 society. 
And, and we can very, very easily fall into the trap of thinking, right, if I just pedal harder, I will survive this and be effective in my ministry or in my family life or in my day-to-day -day work. Um, but it's interesting to me that Jesus's approach isn't like that. He was as harassed, if not more harassed than any of us. And he had human um, energies, um, I think. <laughs> um, I don't think because he was the son of God, he didn't experience fatigue. We definitely see that um, in the gospels. Um, I, I think he had 24 hours in a day, like the rest of us. Um, and I love the fact that there's a few things that happen in this story where, where his response to the crowds was, right, at some point we need to just get away from all of this and find a solitary place and recover. Um, and, and even then, the reality of life is sometimes that even when you seek to find the solitary place, you find that you arrive there and there are a whole set of problems waiting for you there as well. Um, and it, it's easy to become frustrated at that point. But I like his persistence towards solitude, I guess, is the point that, that eventually he finds the time at the end of an incredibly long day um, to, to retreat to the mountainside um, and to pray. And, and um, one of the really interesting thoughts in the John Mark Comer book, which is, if you remember those of you here yesterday, is the book that's helpful, I found helpful as a framework to this, is that actually Jesus seems to be at his most powerful when he is in the solitary place. So when, when, when after his baptism at the beginning of his ministry, he retreated to the solitary place, the wilderness, and that's where he was at his most powerful, which is why he could withstand the temptations of the devil in that place. And do you know what happens straight after this? He, he, he feeds the 5,000 and then he prays on the mountain. And what happens? He walks on the water. He walks on the water, which in my mind seems to somehow come out of his retreat, his solitary place. And um, I, I guess the very simple and short thought for this morning is that, um, you know, the busier and more pressing and the more chaotic and the more challenging the world becomes, uh, the more we need to find a solitary place, a place of retreat. Um, and rather than fall into the temptation of just spinning our wheels faster, um, we need to find a way of carving out that time because actually, if we can do that, we could probably be more powerful, more influential um, for God in the world and essentially do a better job. And this isn't particularly um, complex as an idea, is it? I just think practicing it is hard. Um, I don't think intellectually this is a difficult thing to get your head around. Um, but if you're anything like me, and maybe you're not, but if you're anything like me, the more the jobs stack up. This, this post-it note board behind me is my to-do list, by the way. Um, and I, and I, I have this here in my day-to-day -day working life and that helps me stay on track. But there are times when I walk in the morning and I see all those yellow post-it notes and I just think I can't, I can't keep going. I can't keep going. I can't deal with all of this. Uh, but actually it's in those moments when I feel weakest that I need to take a moment to be quiet with God and to, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to move me uh, and be with me. Um, and not think, right, lots to do today. Let's get the wheels spinning. Um, you know, the work will have to be done, but I will be the better for it if I can just find a few minutes because Jesus needed to do that too. And he was the son of God. So if he needed that, boy, do I need it. Um, so that's the thought. <laughs> and that's quite short. That's quite short, Tim. I hope that's okay. 
there's lots more I could say. <laughs> what I'm not going to do is go back to Genesis now and talk about the solitary place, but I'd like to, but that's, that's not what this, these mornings are for. I get that now. Um, so there you go. A simple thought for this morning. Um, and I don't know what your solitary place is. It might be a dog walk. It might be a particular chair. It might be a, a play, a physical place. It might be a room. Um, it, it might be a, a, a hot bath um with the door closed but i we all do it differently and that's fine i just think we need a solitary place a quiet place that's special where we go when we feel incredibly busy and harassed by the world and that's the thought for this morning so let's pray father we just thank you um for this moment right now um which for some of us may well serve as a, a solitary moment or, or perhaps not maybe it's a community moment but it's a quiet time for you um, and we pray that um, in this moment now that you will prepare us, empower us for the day ahead um, and help us to resist that instinct to just spin the pedals faster when the world speeds up. Amen.